Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Bitcoin Roundtable. This is episode 36. I am here with Libby. Hello. And Darren, of course. Hello. Hi, everybody. How's it going? We'd like to thank you all for coming back again and listening to us. We've got a couple of interesting things we'd like to talk about. Sure, yeah. All right. What's newsworthy? Well, you were talking about NAFTA and particularly what's happening with the dairy farmers. Well, you told me I could pay less for my cheese. Well, it's possible. It's very possible. Yeah, so unless you've been living under a rock, I believe Canada exports approximately 70%, maybe 65, maybe 75, something like that of Canadian exports to the U.S. market. This is in part due to the very close and long border that Canadians share with the U.S. as well as over history. There's just been a lot of trade going back and forth. A lot of it has been lumber, a lot of it oil. A lot of the natural resources in Canada are biggest customer for many reasons probably the biggest reason being proximity proximity meaning cheaper transport partly because of that i guess how do i put it there's been a push probably in the last 10 20 years to be specific i would say it's more oil based than anything for canada to try to get some oil pipelines going to the coast and i think a big reason for that is the fact that we sell our oil quite cheaply to the u.s they get Canadian oil, I would say, at a pretty significant discount. And various corporations in, in the oil business, obviously, have tried and tried to get pipelines that would get Canadian oil to the coastline so we could put it on ships and sell it to other customers. For many reasons, there's been a lot of protests against pipelines various interests and environmental reasons they've so far failed to do so and for this reason we really only have primarily the u.s market to sell our oil of course the u.s knows this so they pay a fairly low price for the oil that we send them and then they refine it and then they sell it back to us and we use it as gasoline now the north american free trade agreement came about i believe 25 years ago and it included Mexico and Canada and the U.S., wherein various specific amounts or quotas of goods would be allowed to cross borders without tariffs. Tariffs are a tax on an imported good, meaning that and it's, out, it's usually protectionist, meaning that, you know, okay, well, for all our people that are cutting down trees and making lumber, all of a sudden another country wants to bring in a whole bunch of lumber. If the lumber companies you know lobbied politicians which is usually the way it works and then the politicians would obviously want to keep them happy and in such doing they usually put some type of tax on the imported goods to make sure that the home industry is protected and continues to thrive because the imported goods would be higher cost well those taxes are huge well, they can be. Like, I was reading about, you know, the dairy, the U.S. dairy, they're taxed, like, 200 300%. Yeah, but when you look deeply into the U.S. dairy imports, the, the tariffs only kick in after a certain amount has come in. 
So once they've exceeded the quota, then the tariffs come in. And if I have dairy goods in the U.S. and I'm importing them into Canada, then why the heck would I exceed the quota? Because all of a sudden, then it doesn't become economically viable. As part of NAFTA, it, it basically set down a code which all parties would live by, meaning that if I'm working at an auto plant and I'm building cars, then I know I could export certain a number of goods into the U.S. And for the most part, whatever the amounts negotiated were, then each country kind of adapted and is running in equilibrium to maintain that type of agreement. It seemed to work for a little while, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And now uh, Trump is feeling that, you know, he could get a better deal for the U.S. And to be honest with you, he's right. I'm not saying that it's good for any other country. It's bad for every other country. But for the U.S., he's pushing for better deals. And uh, Mexico has already agreed to a new agreement. I don't think he's calling it NAFTA anymore. He got rid of that. Don't you want to call it Trump? Uh, No, like a Mexican-American partnership or Mm. something, right? What happened in Canada... Well, Trump chose to focus specifically on the dairy. What did you call it? I call it a cartel, but Canadian Dairy <laughs> Association Canadian, or something. Canadian Dairy Board, yes. The Canadian Dairy Board. A cartel. <laughs> well, it is effectively is a cartel. Yes. So the Canadian Dairy Board basically funds all of the federal politicians. Pays them a fair bit of money. They got real strong lobbyists on a lot of them. They pay millions and millions of lobbyists. Yeah, to make sure that, you know, nothing changes. Yeah. And when I say nothing changes, that means that all dairy that is sold in Canada goes through them and they set the prices. And what it comes down to is the fact that Canadians across the board are paying a significant amount of money for any Canadian dairy products. It's not out of range to literally say, you know, we pay at least two, two to three times the, what we should be paying for. You kind of have me two times. Products. Yeah. yeah. Does it guarantee some type of stability and longevity for dairy farmers? Yes, it certainly does. But at the end of the day, stability and longevity and employment don't really exist for the majority of Canadians anymore. So my feeling is the Canadian public if they know the true facts, there's not a lot of real support for that type of scenario. I mean, we're basically getting screwed by cellular and cable providers and we do pay the highest rates for cell phones. Yeah. Is it cell phones across the board, like data or it's everything, right? And you know, the dairy thing is something that hits me right at home. Well, I've sure. got three teenagers. You know, I spend four hundred dollars a week in groceries. Yeah. Fifty of that is easy cheese. We're we're kinda of getting into scenario in Canada where people talk about capitalism and such and really what we're dealing with is a significant amount of controlling interest cartels associations boards that artificially inflate prices to protect their own yeah and you don't have two sticks to rub together at the end of the day and you know everyone's complaining about how we should keep protecting these industries and i don't feel that's the case trump's made it a sticking point he wants to break the dairy cartel in canada and from what i read on cbc it sounds like a lot of canadians don't mind it happening 
you know, there was some offhand, off-the-record comments that Trump made to Bloomberg, I believe. And he was basically saying he's not making any concessions on Canada at all. He doesn't care. And if they don't make a deal, he's going to put 25% tariffs on automobiles, which is a huge thing because I think 150,000 jobs in Ontario are for the automotive sector. Right. You know, auto line workers. So Mm -hmm. auto industry is a huge generator of the economy in Ontario specifically. I don't care who you are. If you're a politician, you can't let that go. What Trudeau and Trudeau's our prime minister and at the end of the day, the negotiation has to pass through Trudeau. So Trudeau has got a decision to make and if the dairy board has contributed a huge amount of money to his campaign as they have other campaigns, parties. Replace them. So basically it's either no deal and keep the dairy board happy or cut the deal, throw the whole dairy board uh, concept out the window and protect your jobs, your auto sector jobs. To me, it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's there's no options here for him. And, yeah. I, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I feel the dairy board is it's going, it's coming to the end of its days and there's no option. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm kind of okay with that. I hate to say it. No, you know, I'm sorry if you're a dairy farmer and you have to listen to this. But yeah, I am too because it puts money directly into my pocket. Now, the other side of the coin that hasn't been mentioned as of yet is that the dairy industry is also uh, funded in the U.S. by the government, so they get concessions. So the government gives the dairy industry money in the U.S., and they also buy up unsold product. I think the U.S. government is currently storing 6 billion or 16 billion pounds of cheese. It's excess production in the U.S. that they haven't sold. So, That's a lot of cheese. You know, oh. the flip side is that the government gives the dairy industry money in the U.S. to help them out. Buy it on 10 cents on the dollar. They don't mention that. There's also, I can't remember the exact term, but it's there's an old play that is used where country B would export their products into country A, and they'd have a huge amount, and they would flood country A with all of these products, and they'd be cheap. Right. So, you know, and what would happen is eventually... Country A no longer makes those products, and then eventually Country B starts to raise the price. So the worry for people Hmm. is five years down the line, when the Canadian dairy industry is dead in the water because they can't compete. Sounds like a scare tactic to me. Does the U.S. dairy raise their prices? Eh, It's possible, I don't know, but you know. Everybody does it. It's hard to not be cynical, but we've been taken to the bank Hoodwinked. You know, we've had all the money sucked out of us in dairy for so long. I don't think many Canadians care at this point. They just want to break this cartel. It's dairy. It's big. You got a family. Dairy's a big part of it. Unless you lactose intolerant. But for my family, I'm not kidding you. We probably spend $50 a week on dairy. The cheapest block of cheese you can get, Libby. What is it? From Walmart, it's about five bucks. And that's, for, yeah. you know, a long one that's about 15 inches long. Grand Something like that. Which is what most families, I mean, we go through at least one a week. But that's the cheapest block. I believe that block Armstrong. on average. Which is somewhere around $7.99. Sour cream, cottage cheese, yogurt. I go through 35 yogurts easily in my house a week. Yeah. yeah. Milk. Eight bags of milk, right? Yeah. When I buy table cream for coffee, it's over five bucks. So yeah. yeah. Table is cream it? is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, the little 500 milliliter one. Yeah. yeah, yeah like. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. You could save me $25 just on my dairy a week. You got my vote. What I found to be the most interesting part of it all is that they still haven't come up 
finalized the deal, and I've heard dairies out the window, but they've been fighting for it so hard, it's almost disturbing, mm. you know, for something that's stupid. Like, honestly. Well, I think they're worried that they're going to have tractors in downtown Ottawa or something causing traffic jams, because you know that's what will happen, right? It just shows you how deep in the pockets lobbyists really are in, in Canada. Yeah, it's too bad it's got to happen to anybody, but... I think greed played an important part in it for a number of years, and you got a, probably got a lot of dairy farmers who are having sleepless nights right now. I kind of wish he'd kill NAFTA. He threatened to kill NAFTA, you know, unless the cell phone providers actually started to Ooh. come into line. But I'd like to get Verizon up here. Too much to ask. What did I see? Unlimited gigabytes the other day for like thirty dollars. Like unlimited. Yeah. But, you know, an interesting observation to the, this whole thing is that's what it takes for Canada to actually come back around to get a problem solved that Canadians couldn't solve themselves. Paying their pockets fleeced by cartels, yet, you know, the, the politicians don't protect you. It takes another country to, to threaten more economic woe before you even get something like this done. Yeah. Anyways, that's my two cents. Now, I've got a, just a random thought. What's your it's, thought? It's a bit of a tangent, actually, but... I'm going to ask the listeners if anyone likes baking like I do. Has anyone noticed the cost of vanilla essence going up this year? Have you Yeah, well, that's because I Madagascar? Some kind of crop failure in Madagascar. I haven't Googled it yet. How much maybe... has it went up? Oh, it's unaffordable. Well, you can't the, afford it. Unaffordable. Pretty much all the vanilla grown. No, what are you talking about? Vanilla? Vanilla, vanilla extract. Vanilla extract or vanilla essence. So, vanilla. so you're talking pure vanilla? Yes, okay. from the pod. So, yeah. Madagascan vanilla. How much does it went up? Like, what are you talking? Well, I went to get my usual jar of it yeah. from Costco, mm-hmm. and it was almost 40 bucks. And what would it have been before that? 19. What? Like, like, in like the 120%? Super... Oh, Vince. And I... I... <laughs> oh, that's our dog. Josie yeah. Barkin. Yeah. But I feel it is something to do with the crop because I, I caught the end of a CBC documentary. Anyway, just interesting. So if anyone knows anything about vanilla, if you like baking like I do, tweet us. Oh, no one's told me that vanilla extract went through the roof. Yeah. You know what? If, if you're going to make a cake and you don't have vanilla, it's sad. Well, the girls at home do a lot of baking, but no one's ever told me vanilla extracts went up a lot. Yeah. Oh, it has. Yeah. Yeah. So, quick quiz for you. Yes. I love quizzes. Where were the first vanilla plants? In what vicinity were the first vanilla plants grown? Madagascar. No. That's how much I love quizzes. You. <laughs> Country we're looking for here? Yeah. Um, It'll be something weird, Vince. United States. Mexico. Mexico. Well, the most interesting thing about the vanilla plant, I think it's a vine. And it only grew in Mexico. And what happened is it flowers. And the flower has to get fertilized. And there is a specific insect that's only native to Mexico. I think it's an insect that that can fertilize the vanilla flower. 
I think the Spanish invasion or something like that. But somehow they discovered the vanilla bean in Mexico and had, oh my God, you know, huge, wonderful flavors and such. And they, they tried stealing some plants and they had no success. They didn't have the little bug that fertilized it. Yeah. Some wound up in Madagascar and somebody figured out how to do it. Nice. Using like a little stick or something like that. So all the vanilla plants in Madagascar, and I think Madagascar is where the most of vanilla comes from now. All those vanilla plants, when they flower, they're all fertilized by hand. Oh my goodness. Come on, you make that up. Nope. No. Well, it is expensive. You can look it up. Well, I think cashew nuts are all shelled by hand. Well, they use a stick to like rub on pollen and so uh-huh. it's not easy to do. There's a specific process. You know, in Mexico, like the vanilla trade was a huge economic boom to them. Wow. And then someone stole the plants and figured wow. out how to do it. Um, <laughs> now, one week, please, please, can we have a Bitcoin quiz where, where I'm the quiz master? Sure. Yes. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, we're doing it. Okay, we're going to have a quiz show one week? Yeah. All right. I think that'll be really fun. I'll be the quiz master and I will devise all the questions. Okay. All right. So, Darren, read an article this morning. The guy was talking about how his Tesla is so awesome. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. My Tesla is awesome. Best yeah. car ever made. Yeah. Did you hear about what happened with Elon? He went on the Joe Rogan experience. Yes. Where he took a drag of the joint and everybody, you know, crucified him for it. How much is the guy worth? Elon Musk? I don't know. I think he's doing all right. Yeah, well, he's the owner of SpaceX. Yeah, but I don't think Tesla's made any money, have he? He owns, he owns Tesla stock. Didn't Elon Musk make all his money off... Uh, well, he made a billion off PayPal. Yeah, isn't that where most of it came from? Now he's into the multi-levels and so Big time. I mean, basically, you know what? 20 billion. Yeah. <laughs> What's it matter, right? Elon's a human being. He's got a lot of money. I thought it was kind of nice to see that side of him. But what do you think? I really think it was a bad... I don't think it needed to happen. Even if he does like to enjoy the odd smoke. To do it in live camera, no. He had more to lose from doing it than he ever did of gaining. Well, I'm pretty sure he knew that going in. Oh, well, then maybe he just didn't give a shit, and in which case, then good for him. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess he... I don't know, if you got $20 billion in your pocket, I mean, and you go on Joe Rogan, do you really care what people are going to think of you? Well, nobody seemed to care about the fact that him and Joe Rogan were sitting there drinking a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. But as soon as he took a drag of Joe Rogan's joint, which really should get us wondering, you know, Joe Rogan, how do you get through a live podcast? <laughs> Does he drink the whole bottle? I have no idea, but the, they were drinking whiskey. and. But you're on bottle too, Vince. Of wine, not whiskey. Yeah, but you know, when it comes down to podcasts and you're interviewing guests. Yeah, right? no drink. Alcohol is definitely what you want. Oh, really? Oh, it's oh, so loosen, Yeah, loosen speaker. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he doesn't have a lot of opportunities to get high in. He's a very busy man. But weren't they doing it in California where it's legal anyway? It is legal in California, yep. Uh, we're breaking any laws. They said the stock price went down 9%, but it, it rebounded. And everyone's talking about it. Uh, who cares? Well, you have to separate the human from the industry, right? But sometimes when you get as big as Elon Musk is controlling, you know, a car company, SpaceX, he couldn't have had a joint before he went on the show. Uh, Do you feel the 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 face of Elon Musk, you know, knowing that he is 
running Tesla and SpaceX mm -hmm. and such. Do you feel he's doing a poorer job of representing those industries than Trump would be of representing the U.S.? Um, no, I don't think he's doing a poor job at all. I think the perception that a lot of people get is that he is. To me, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I kind of agree with you. I don't care, and I'm kind of glad he's able to unwind like you said, but he just didn't have to do it on air. Maybe if I ever have $20 billion, you'd be awfully surprised at what I do on air. But you know, I'm getting pretty old, right? You, yeah, you are getting fucking old. What I'm seeing here is over the years, you start to get tired of seeing the false face, like the false representation of the face of corporations. But as an example, all the politicians, they go to church on Sundays. They've never had a drink in their life. They don't do any drugs. They're living perfectly clean lives. And you know it's wrong. You know that's that's not true. But it's the only way that they be elected. You know, when it comes to something like that, when Elon Musk, I find it refreshing that you can actually see a human side to the behavior. And it's disappointing to me to see that public perception still feels that he should be some type of demigod living a perfectly clean life which is a life that no human could literally <laughs> possibly live up to All right I'd rather see the true person and see their flaws than see a person with no flaws because you know there is something back there and what you don't know is probably worse than what you do know yeah that's the, the way I see it with Elon Musk. You see a true human being in, on the, the Joe Rogan podcast. Probably took a couple sh shots of whiskey to get him to haul in that joint. And <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I, I found it kind of refreshing. Yeah, all right. I, I, I'm not against you. I just think he didn't have to do it. Whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree, but perhaps Joe Rogan's objective is to get the booze flowing so that, you know, you can really see the person behind the mask on the on these shows, right? And that, you know, of course, that's the objective of the interviewer, to, to dig deep and get a real sense of the true person. Oh. You know, perhaps he found it with Elon. My doctor asked me if I was going to experiment with marijuana in, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you, you told me that, and I found that to be really interesting. Well, it kind of took me aback because I'm not going to. And she kind of asked me again, like I was lying. And I was like, no, I, I just, it's just not my thing. Like, it's not my thing. We have to give the listeners a background on this. October 18th, marijuana is legal in Canada. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, right? You will be able to grow four plants in your backyard, have no more than an ounce of marijuana for personal use on you. It definitely feels like the conversation has totally been over compensating to the side of marijuana it seems to be i feel like it's being pushed down my throat it's, it's everywhere you go everything you listen to it's all with that so i suspect the physicians in canada probably had some type of note coming down from on high to it, ask all their patients about it it felt like that i really enjoyed that she asked me about my mental health because I'm a, a mother of very young children and a working mum and blah 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 and she did ask me about that and then she asked me about whether I whether I took drugs or drink and I sort of looked at her with a tired expression like when on earth am I going to have time to do that yeah. and then she asked me about marijuana but she asked me like two or three times like and you're right 
they obviously had I, a memo, I suspect. Well, I, I, Working I didn't mothers. think it was their own personal agenda. Because well, she's not paid by marijuana companies to give you scripts for marijuana, right? All her payment is controlled by Big Pharma. Oh, no, but the, 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 you don't see the government side of it too, right? The government side may have come down and said, well, we want all physicians to ask all their patients about marijuana use and if they do intend to use marijuana to caution them on the, the use of it. And, you know, to me, it, it's government driven. Mm. The government doesn't want us to use it? No, what they want to cover their butt and basically say, you know... Oh, I see. If right. you're going to yeah, use see. it, they want to make sure that they follow the risks yeah. as well as, you know, any potential danger areas to watch out for. Hospital visits from people that have mistakenly eaten marijuana sure. edibles. It's, it's tripled in, like, the last three months. Because right now they want to flood the market I'm with just, everything. Edibles, I'm just pop, saying, beer, I, like... Marijuana beer? Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody wants to get in on the whole. Yeah. Well, it's Wild West, right? And it's the gold rush. My feeling is those questions were government-driven, but Mm. I could be wrong, too. It took me by surprise. I didn't expect it. (laughs) (laughs) You found it intrusive or annoying or... I mean, I was literally having a physical, physical. Like I said, I appreciated the mental health chat. I wasn't really in the mood for that either, but that's a whole other story. I would need to go in and out. Yeah. Be the doctors just wanting to educate you on it then because there's nothing for them to gain because in a month you'll be able to buy it legally. The weird part about it to me is if I did choose to talk about it, if I was a user and I actually did share with my doctor, I'm not convinced that it wouldn't be written in a database somewhere. And then you're on record, right? Why do you care if you're on record? And- well, well, you don't uh, you want know, anything like that on record. What happens if, what happens if well, Trump says, well, yeah. as part of the NAFTA agreement, yeah. I need access to all your medical databases? <laughs> I'm serious. No, wow. I, no. Well, if you're crossing the U.S. border, yeah. they ask you now, have you ever smoked marijuana? Yeah. Basically, you know, maybe you smoked a joint a year ago. You mentioned to your doctor, it's on record. All right, You all can't right. get in the States anymore. And you can't fly over the States anymore. Yeah. So if you want to go to Mexico, you, you know. You to go by London. <laughs> yeah. That's an expensive flight. Yeah. Like, you know, to be honest with you, I, I think there's a lot of oversharing of information. There's been no platitudes or no evidence whatsoever to convince me or any other Canadian for that matter that any records entered about you in Canada is anywhere near as safe as it should be. No. Agreed. I yes. mean, you know, everybody agrees with that. Any information you give out, you could basically assume it's all public knowledge. Yeah. I mean, sure. taught, you know, Equifax or you know, government databases getting hacked every other year. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And to assume that anyone's going to protect data that you give the government about you, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a joke. Uh, are you going to chat about Bitcoin this week, guys? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's Bitcoin cash at? Or Bcash? What's B-cash. the price of Bcash? I thought it was interesting to see that. Oh, I read an article today that it was going down. Yeah. And something else was going down. Ethereum. Um, Ethereum is definitely going down. Ethereum, Ethereum is plummeting. Neo I got, is I got going some down. Ethereum stats Neo, XRP here. is going down. Ripple. Sorry, Vince. 
So what Ripple? Yeah, I'm afraid Ripple has uh, fallen. It was thirty cents when I checked a month ago. My my ether is now down to twenty two bucks. <laughs> I put in fifty initially. Everyone. Ethereum. Oh. On January fourteenth, two thousand eighteen, Ethereum was at thirteen hundred eighty nine dollars. By May third, it went to seven seventy, and today it's at one hundred and seventy nine. Yeah. Ethereum has taken a bath. Yeah, it's taken a bath. Yeah. As far as Bitcoin goes, we are just above 6,400. So, you know, half the people are saying, well, it's the big rise before the plummet to 5,000. Yeah. And then the other people are saying, well, it's just getting started. It's going to go to 7,400. Yeah, like we said before, and we're going to continue to say again, we're not worried about it. We know Bitcoin isn't going to go to where we want it to go overnight or even within a year. So just like we always say, hold on. So I'm just so looking forward to like the Lightning Network getting more. More active. Oh, I did read today that there is a Canadian mutual fund. Is it mutual fund or ETF that's solely based on Bitcoin? Solely. Oh, I yeah. read that. You, you can invest in Bitcoin now in your RRSP or TFSA. Wow. It's the first one in the world. It's very cool. Raw Canada. It's pretty cool. Came across a company called CoinClear. Okay. What I got from it was that when you use your bank card and you buy something for twenty nine eighty five, it takes the remaining, rounds it up to the nearest dollar, and then it invests it and buys cryptocurrency for you. Turn daily spending habits into cryptocurrency investments, they call themselves. You choose a portfolio, you set your automations, Round up spare change, set weekly investments, or map spending categories. Like spending related to email address, like PayPal, or like I don't know what you're talking about. I I, I looked it up online. It looked very very simple. I said the only information we need is your email address, and I never went any further with it. Oh God. Let me see it. Well, that's all I got. That's really I've read it all to you. We got shirts coming out. We have next week. Next week. Podcasts. We are going to have shirts for sale. Yes. Bitcoin Roundtable shirts. So people out there, if you're listening to us, we know we know there's thousands of you and we'd like you to come on and buy a shirt and support us. The shirts aren't here yet. We can have them available next week. You don't know that. Yes, I do. Vince is on it. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, whatever. It's going to be a cool I shirt. The, I got the artwork. I got the people making the shirts. We can have them. Oh, you're all set. We'll be sitting here next week with them on, maybe. Oh, you know, next week we're interviewing Graphentech. That's well, there you go. I like Graphentech. Have you seen any of that? It's a resource play. Yeah, I'm going to read up more about it later, but... All right, well, we'll do a little bit of homework. They got a mine. Graphene, yeah, yeah, and they're able to take it and turn it into yeah, some yeah. weird stuff. It's interesting. Well, I believe that graphene is where all the chip makers are trying to go because it's conductive and... It's got a lot of interesting properties to it. Who are they? Who are we interviewing? Um, Raul. Yeah, I look forward to talking with Raul about graphene tech and uh, see what kind of future technology is in store for us. I, uh, I think it's going to be quite interesting. Anyways, I think that's it for this week. And may the coins forever fall in your favor. I'm Darren. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.